to it. It's Husker Sports Weekly, episode number 121, your one-stop shop for all things Husker Sports. And this week, it's the last non-con game of the year as Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, come into Lincoln to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers at 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. we got a full episode coming up for you. We will give our reactions to Nebraska, Northern Illinois. We will preview Nebraska La Tech and go over our picks from last week and make our picks for this week and laugh at our what our laugh terrible records. records through three-ish weeks of the season. But before we get into any of that, Connor Clark and Grant Hansen here with you. As always, you can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and at Hansen, not Hanson. Yeah, that uh, last name ends in E-N as opposed to O-N. Yeah, I, when did you get so descriptive on that? Well, I, you know, I thought about it, and a lot of people might not know exactly um, where the E-N or O-N thing comes from. You know, perhaps some people think there's an E-N or an O-N in Grant. So uh, one of the clear oh, things yeah. happened. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm glad you cleared the air on that. You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly and search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast network to find our show. So let's start things off. Nebraska Northern Illinois. We'll give you a quick review of that game. Final score: Nebraska 35, Northern Illinois 11. Heinrich Harburg's first career start in college. Went 14 of 24 through the air for 158 yards and two touchdowns. He also carried the ball 21 times and rushed for 98 yards and a touchdown. And Thomas Fedoni, the leading receiver on the team, four receptions for 42 yards and a receiving touchdown. Rocky Lombardi was held in check as we expected, 11 of 28 for 73 yards and a pick. Um, Brown, their leading receiver, eight carries, um, excuse me, eight catches. Uh, No, eight carries for... 16 yards. He's their leading rusher. Rusher, yeah, yeah. Pardon me. I was looking at the wrong order. And then Davis Patterson, the leading receiver, really didn't do much as well as you can probably go figure with Rocky Lombardi's stat line. Um, I just lost all the stats that were in front of me because ESPN.com well, <laughs> sucks. Hold on. Two receptions Recover, for 30 go. yards. There we go. Yeah, and he wasn't even their leading receiver coming in. Uh, I would have liked to see you attempt to pronounce the name of their leading receiver. Yeah, I saw name. that last week, and I just strayed away from the, the The press box PA guy um, struggled mightily. The internal press box PA guy struggled mightily on that name. There's another one that was like a Nebraska one that he was struggling on, too, that was actually kind of funny. I mean, some of those names out there are just absolutely ridiculous. It is... I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to go near that. But Nebraska covers the what ended up being 12.5-point spread when it was all said and done. We picked it when it was 11. Right. And we still didn't pick Nebraska to cover. So they cover 35-11. to 11. They scored uh, first, and it was a pretty impressive drive to start yes. off the game. A, a lot of – With one exception, uh, Billy Kemp being late out to the huddle on the first oh, play yeah, leading to a delay true. game on the literally the first yeah, drive was, of the game that, that was, was really odd really odd especially when you have a senior you know and a single digit guy doing that yeah that was that was weird it was kind of a personnel mix-up I think or either that or he just wasn't paying attention I, right I don't know what, what and then he caught that. a touchdown and, yeah the drive so to make up for yeah, it so. so it's fine but yeah that was an impressive drive to open things up the defense was I mean phenomenal again you think about that fumble that happened at the five yard line it was right. first and goal and Northern Illinois just went backwards and had to settle for a field goal in that situation. So 
The Blackshirts showed up and did their thing. Um, I mean, it was a really nice performance, I think, pretty much all around. But it's kind of like that meme. And actually, before I get into uh, the the negatives, a, a drive in the third quarter. 14 plays, 76 yards, yes. 7 minutes, and 10 seconds capped off by Gabe Irvin, 3-down touchdown run. Now I'll get into the negative, and it's kind of that meme of we've won, but at what cost? Right. A lot of injuries reported on Monday uh, from Matt Rule, season-ending injuries, one of which being Gabe Irvin with that dislocated hip, Ramir Johnson, another one with a dislocated shoulder, um, and then Little Boodle is also out for the remainder right. of the season as well. So that's the negative out of Saturday. But we don't want to dwell on that too much. We know that there are guys in that room, especially the running back room, that can step up and uh, pr- provide a spark there. Heinrich Harburg had a 20-yard touchdown rush. Anthony Grant got in the end zone from 11 yards out. Um, Billy Kemp, you mentioned, with a touchdown reception. Thomas Fedoni with a touchdown reception. All around, a good day at Memorial Stadium. A couple things that you could probably clean up offensively, but for Heinrich Harburg's first career start at quarterback, exceeded expectations. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I, I think he passed for 158 yards, which uh, no Nebraska quarterback has done better than that this year. So um, there's that. He ran for 98 yards. You know, he played with a lot of heart. That was evident. Um, and, and he's, you know, I think he was already very popular within the locker room. Uh, but the way he played on Saturday, I, I think certainly further solidified that. Um, you know, you talk about Gabe Irvin, who I guess, you know, is sort of biased to some extent towards Heinrich um, because they were roommates. But Gabe talked post game. you know, Heinrich was in the huddle saying, we're going to break their will here. We're going to we're going to we're going to break their will here, you know, and. Then he does that. He shows that himself with the way he approaches drives, the way he um, approaches carries. You know, he's not sliding. He's lowering the shoulder. He's using his frame, you know, to his advantage. So I thought that was really that was really special. And then of course, I mean, I really I think you know it's becoming more and more clear as the season goes on what the highlight is going to be, and it's the defense. Uh, and man, did they really show out again? <laughs> did they show out again or what on Saturday? And the fact that uh, up until the 3:23 mark in the fourth quarter, that was the uh, first possession for Northern Illinois that crossed into Nebraska's side of the 50-yard line, with the exception of that fumble recovered at Nebraska's five. That's impressive. I mean, incredible. And not only that, but on that drive, which again, very early in the ball game, right? Like, man, if if Northern Illinois scores right there, scores a touchdown, ties it up at seven. You know, the whole complexion of that game changes just because of the momentum. But that drive, Nebraska's defense holds Northern Illinois to a field goal on a drive that goes four plays and negative eight yards. So, again, hats off to the defense for another incredible, incredible performance. <clears throat> and they sustained a couple of, well, at least one injury there in Cameron Lenhart, which isn't season ending. He might not actually end up playing on um, on Saturday. But, Again, I mean, it's just I'm I continue to be impressed with the way they defend the run. Um, you know, I was talking to someone about it after the game Saturday night, but it's like you basically they basically take a spe- like like take a stretch play for example. Nebraska's defensive line basically just takes the offensive line for their opponent. So far, this has happened multiple times, and it literally they just slide with them along the line of scrimmage, and it's like they just slide a wall. 
left to right or right to left, depending on which way the stretch is going. And there's no hole. There's no crease. They hold, you know, continue the gap integrity. They keep contain. Um, man, it's just, it's really, really impressive to watch in a defense that's performing right now at a level that I have not seen, um, I would say probably in 10 years at least. There are 29th overall in the NCAA in total defense. They've given up 284, just over 284 yards a game. They give up 4.1 yards per play, which is pretty good. That's good enough for top 20 in the country. This is by far and away, and we said it last week, the best defense we have seen in our college career, and it's not close. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, you really start to think about, with this defense, shutouts, right? Especially this week. And I think that's a, a very valid talking point when and and that's not to throw shade at Louisiana Tech it's just this defense has been playing unbelievably well I said on the postgame show after the game on Saturday and look as you grow up watching Big Ten football and I guess a a part of your life Big 12 football but more so Big Ten for the majority of your lifetime defense is kind of a thing that reigns true especially through the West Division and it has for a very very long time and I at least to me as a fan and even as a media member, I there are very few things in football, in my opinion, maybe I'm just a loser for this, than watching 11 just dudes fly around on defense. Like, it is – they make it so exciting to watch. I mean, yeah. the, the other time, like, I haven't had this much fun watching a defensive unit since the 2018 Chicago Bears. Right. And that was – stud of a defensive unit now obviously different levels but this is a defense that is absolutely legitimate we knew that after Colorado we kind of knew that after Minnesota too and so they held Northern Illinois to 149 yards total Nebraska with 382 yards of their own 123 of those yards came through the air 26 rush yards Mm. given up 26 yeah. That was 1.2 yards per carry on 22 rushing attempts. It's it's incredible. It really is. Uh, and to your point, I mean, there is a growing sense of fervor within the fan base, actually, for this defense and the fact that this defense is incredibly fun. Excuse me to watch. So uh, l- listen to this note. This is compiled by the great Keith Mann uh, in, the, in the Nebraska uh, notes this week. But Nebraska's held its first three opponents below 60 rushing yards in each game, which is good for an average of about 46.3 yards per game and the second-best mark nationally. The last time a Husker defense held three consecutive opponents below 60 yards rushing was 2008, Kansas State, Colorado, and Clemson. So, again, at least the start for this defense has been the best start for Nebraska defense in about 15 years. So I talked about it last week, right, like, this defense is going to win Nebraska games. I would probably say it did that last week. And you're going to see it win Nebraska games and keep Nebraska in games against opponents that perhaps they even have a talent deficit to offensively, which they're going to for the majority of the rest of the year. Uh, this, this team will be in games because of its defense. Now, the other component to that is special teams, right? Because generally you need to be firing in all three phases well, or rather two of three phases well to win. Uh, Winning with defense and special teams is tough. But that's a lot of how the winning has been done in the Big Ten West, see Iowa. So I think, you know, you think about the short field that Nebraska got with Brian Buschini. Uh, Like that's going to be a weapon that Nebraska is going to need to have 
good special teams coverage downfield, finding some hidden yards there. Because I, and I can't remember exactly where it happened. I think it might have been the the Harbor 20-yard touchdown run, it might, or it might have been the Anthony Grant 11-yarder. Um, actually, no, because that was set up by a turnover. So the, the Heinrich Harburg touchdown run, um, if I remember correctly, in the fourth quarter, or perhaps it was the second quarter with the Fedoni 16-yard touchdown pass. Either way, um, that was set up by Nebraska drove to basically the 35, the 40. The drive stalled out. Buccini punts. It's downed at the one. And Nebraska gets the ball back on the Illinois side of the 50-yard line, literally just because of the hunt, the punt hidden yardage. A little thunderfoot. So I, I think that, in a lot of ways, is going to be the formula for Nebraska winning games this year. Because you don't have the guy who can take the top off the defense unless one of these freshman receivers is able to get a good enough grasp on the college game to be impactful. So you're going to have to get a couple of big plays for Fredoni in the middle. You're going to have to run the football, um, which will become a question mark going forward considering the depth within that room. Um, and you're going to have to play the field position game. So I think Nebraska is capable of getting that, just kind of compared to the rest of the division right now. Um, and, and still finding ways to win games, but it's going to be an ugly offensive. It's going to be very much in the vein of Iowa for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's what they kind of have to do in order to go forward. One last note of a defense, 14 sacks through three games thus far this year. That's good enough for a little over four and a half sacks per contest, which is obviously very, very good. So let's shift our attention to Louisiana Tech, they come in with a 2-2 two and two record. They lost a heartbreaker against Northern Texas, um, or I should say North Texas. They were down a couple of scores, but roared all the way back and ended up losing 40-37. to 37. They have a win over Northwestern State by a score of 51-21. to 21. They lost to SMU 38-14, to 14, and they played in Week 0 uh, against Florida International, and they won 22-17, to 17. so that's where they stand right now. But this is a team that, Matt Rule has praised some Big 12 familiarity there. Um, it'll be a question of, I, I think you told me this, the starting quarterback. Yeah, it's a question questions. mark. So will he play? Um, I mean, he's had a, a pretty solid year. Hank Bachmeyer, it's a good it's a good radio name, 756 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. So that has been the focal point of their offense. Let's see if he'll play this week and they're averaging 406 yards of offense per game and I'm again you, you factor in the competition but that's still a pretty high number but they give up 381 yards a contest so yes they do not really hold their their opposition to a, a lot of stalled drives three and outs what happened and, and that was the killer against North Texas I mean somehow so Hank Bachmeyer exits in the fourth quarter with a I think his throwing arm, if I remember correctly, the right shoulder injury on a roughing the passer penalty against North Texas. He exits. In comes Jack Turner. Turner is able to lead a comeback uh, and was a large part. I believe actually Bachmeyer exited in the third quarter. So Turner was a part of scoring those 23 points for La Tech that they were able to battle back and tie it at 37. But the defense crumpled in the final seconds and gave up that, uh, that field goal drive. So that was a game where La Tech was favored. Uh, if they win that game, they're almost assuredly uh, in the bowl qualification conversation um, because at that point they've got three wins, and this is a team that has won three games um, in each of the last two seasons. 
and has not made a bowl game since 2020. So it had been a streak of seven consecutive bowl appearances for La Tech and six um, bowl wins that was broken after that, those last couple of three and nine seasons. So there's some questions at running back uh, as well here. You got a freshman in Keith Willis Jr. who has 240 yards rushing on the year, but he's going to be out this week. Uh, ran for 188 yards against um, Northwestern State. So um, that's a question mark. Then you have Jack Turner coming in there at quarterback in all likelihood, although it seems like both teams will be making a game-time decision at quarterback on Saturday morning. Yeah, Jack Turner didn't play too bad for Louisiana Tech, as you mentioned, helped lead that comeback. Nine for 13 through the year for 145 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions, a QBR of 71.8. Tyree Shelton, Another name to look out for, he had a big game on the ground, 16 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Leading receiver from last week is Cyrus Allen, five receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. He had his longest reception of 43 yards last week. So they have capable guys that have stepped in and, and made an impact, and again, just falling just short. They scored 23 points in the fourth, fourth quarter last week. Yeah, 23. really impressive. I mean, that is you, don't, you rarely see that. Um, in college football so this is a team that could be dangerous but at the same time the other argument for that is well can they move the ball on this defense I mean that's the question that is yet to be answered based on what we've seen you tend to lean towards no I don't want to again just crap all over their offense no, I, now you've got some really talented skill position players here I mean you have some good receivers uh, in play. Um, Smoke Harris is probably the one people have heard the most about, and he's very shifty. He's fast. He's a punt returner. That's an awesome name, by the way. Yeah, they call him the Smoke Show. Uh, and behind him, though, is Cyrus Allen. This is a guy who's actually, I've drawn some, like, man, if someone's going to pop this week, it's probably him. So 11 catches, 144 for him and a touchdown, but he's been dealing with some injury on and off, too. So this is a team that has a lot of skill position talent, but they've been plagued by injuries. So what are you going to see on that front? Um, how much will this Nebraska defense be tested? And here's the thing, right? Like, Nebraska's been great against the run, but Louisiana Tech, that's not their strength. The strength is throwing the football when Hank Bachmeyer is available, um, and potentially with Jack Turner as well. We just don't have enough of a sample size to know that yet. So that's interesting, too, because, you know, you kind of come back into that Colorado sort of vein of, well, Nebraska's going to be tested through the air here in this in this game. And if Nebraska stops the run, does it do much? Does it really change much for Louisiana Tech uh, as much as it would, say, for example, Northern Illinois? But even then, I mean, the back half of that defense, too, has played really, really well. It's just kind of forcing the hand. We do have to give a shout-out to Miles Hurd of Louisiana Tech. 14 tackles last week, eight of them solo. I feel like that's, since we're on the topic of defense, might as well give some shouts to the opponent there. That is... It's it's not nearly the Fordham guy who had like thirty seven right. tackles in that one game, but and he's a transfer too. Um, that's one of the more interesting pieces for them uh, is that that he is a one of several transfer pieces on the back end. I think Stephen F. Austin, if I remember right. So they've got they've got a lot of new fresh faces there who have been productive for them, but again, they're new. So uh, how much will Nebraska go at them? And another interesting thing that I always like to look at, and this is more so just kind of a, a, I guess, a fan perspective, but it does play a factor into the game. Louisiana Tech plays in a facility that has a max capacity of 28,000. 
Right. And then they come into Memorial Stadium where there's a max capacity of, we all know, 90,000. So how will they respond to the environment there? That's going to be something that I'm pretty curious about. The over-under for this game is 47 points. Nebraska favored by 21 points, a 2.30 p.m. kickoff on the Big Ten Network. Fingers crossed that rain stays away. I think we'll be okay. Temperatures around 73 degrees at kickoff as well, but there's only so much we can do about Mother Nature. It is cloudy yeah. today as well. so It has been. It's kind of been a rainy on and off for like the last couple of days. Yeah, and I we got lucky last night. We were supposed to have a pretty big storm that kind of stayed away for this high school game that I was doing. So hopefully we get that same luck on, on Saturday afternoon for Louisiana Tech and Nebraska. But Nebraska looking to go to 2-2, two and two, bounce back from two straight losses with two straight wins before getting into conference play. And before, of course, welcoming the big, the bad, and the ugly mm, Michigan yes. Wolverines to the house. Speaking of Michigan, they have Rutgers at home at 11 a.m. The Mr. undefeated, Harbaugh's back. yes, he is back. The undefeated Rutgers that Scarlet too. Knights, three and zero. Who saw that coming? Uh, the spread is still like a million points in that game. So, um, with that being said, let's get into our picks here. With last week, we'll review that real quick, and we both kind of got screwed because we both picked nebraska to not cover but right that's well, okay you know you, you you live and you learn so you had a sorry i keep forgetting a, a k-state cover yeah and then that field goal that that's field goal really <laughs> like because if that if that thing goes to overtime i feel fairly confident that k-state probably wins uh but it did not and here we are with another loss. That was uh, ridiculous. The video of that thing is ridiculous. The reaction of the st- – that looked absolutely electric. You had Syracuse beating Purdue by 10. That was correct. Um, and then obviously Nebraska not covering against NIU. Uh, I had TCU beating Houston. That was correct. I had Pitt covering at West Virginia. Shame on me. Sorry, West Virginia. You guys win the backyard brawl this year. Um, and then I had Nebraska winning by nine against NIU, um, and that did not quite make the cut for covering. So, after what last week was a lot of people thought was a pretty underwhelming college football slate, it ramps way back up this week, and we got Indeed. a lot of top 25 matchups to get through this week, um, and I'm really excited to get going on it, and uh, well... Am I going first this week? Because I made you go first last week. Or do I you think so. Yeah, you okay. should probably go first. I should probably go first. Okay, so the pressure turns to me. Who am I going to pick? And damn it, I'm going to go with the future of the Mountain West Conference, the Oregon State Beavers at Dang. Washington State, number 14 versus number 21. Oregon State is a three-point favorite on the road, but give me the Pirates' former team. Mm-hmm. I like Wazoo here. Their quarterback, I always forget his first name, but his Cameron Ward, thank you. He's a stud. Yeah. Absolutely stud. 986 yards, nine touchdowns, no interceptions. He looked great against Wisconsin for the second year in a row. A guy who was a JUCO guy, I believe. And he's found his home in Washington State. That's nothing against DJ and, and the Beavs. But I like Washington State at home. A home underdog. And I'll pick again. I'll pick Wazoo straight up to win, and they're going to go to four and zero. Yeah, I really like that bet. That was probably one of the ones that I was going to make. So uh, that that's a huge, huge game. I think just in terms of kind of the makeup of the Pac-12 and the sort of the the underdog sleepers 
in that conference, um, which all of a sudden is incredibly fascinating yeah. in the final of, year. Of course, it's the deepest conference in football, baby. You can make the argument. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, let me go Big Ten here for this one. Iowa and Penn State. It is the oh. CBS 6:30 kick. So going head to head with NBC, and you know, obviously, there's a reason the NBC game is the NBC game. But Iowa, Penn State. Penn State is a 14 and a half point favorite against the Hawkeyes. Really bad start last week for Iowa against Western Michigan. You get the rain delay in there to sort of break things up. It was seven to three. Uh, one point ten to seven, Western Michigan in the closing moments of that first half, and then again, I feel like the rain delay really started to swing the momentum Iowa's way. Kate McNamara nine of nineteen by the time the game was done for one hundred and three yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I think this Penn State defense is too good, um, and and I think I think Penn State will find a way to get it done and cover it. I I foresee a very very similar situation to what we had last week with Illinois. So Penn State, 14.5-point favorites. They're going to win it 31-10 to 10 over the Hawks. Wow. 31-10. to 10. Uh, I mean, it is it is a whiteout game, too. Let's, let's throw yeah, that Yeah, I don't think there. this is going to be competitive. Well, there you go. Penn State covering and the 14 and a half. By the way, spread. if you're Penn State, this game has to look like that. Like, I agree. You have to very clearly prove in back-to-back weeks against lesser Big Ten opponents that – you're capable of putting up numbers that you can at least compete with what we've seen historically from Ohio State and historically from Michigan. You need a really solid game here because if this isn't super convincing, um, there's, there's going to be some more doubt coming your way. And I guess, again, it, doubt is different than a straight-up loss, um, but you want this game to look convincing if you want to have people take you seriously as a college football playoff contender. All right. Everybody knows where I'm going with this, right? No. Another, another home underdog. Come on. Notre Dame and Ohio State mm. in South Bend. Ohio State a three-point favorite on the road. Number six versus number nine, the 630 NBC game, as you said. And give me the damn Irish. Hey. I like the Irish a lot this yeah, year. Sam Hartman has been fantastic. Estimate is a monster. Ohio State's good. I don't think they're that good. I think Notre Dame is just the better football team here. It's a 55-and-a-half over-under Ohio State, a three-point favorite. But give me the Irish to go to 5-0. and oh. They played in Week 0, remember, in Ireland. But give me the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I think they beat Ohio State at home, and they improved to 5-0 and oh and really start to make a case for a college football playoff bid. All right, so, so far, I, w- I would agree with that one, too, I think. Um, okay, here we go. For mine, we're going to go Alabama and Ole Miss. This game is in Tuscaloosa, and Alabama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, this is number 15 versus number 13. Of course, Alabama, that one loss to Texas. Who often wins the football game? More often than not, it's the team with the better quarterback. And I think Jackson Dart is better than Jaden Milrow. And I'm not going to say Ole Miss is going to straight up win this one. But six and a half points as a favorite for an Alabama team that has scored in the last week 24-17 and 17 against an Ole Miss offense that, look, that's their calling card. I think Alabama's kind of backed up against the wall here. I get it. Um, but at the same time, I really, really wonder if if – they have the horses on the offensive side of things to to be as good as we're used to seeing. 
So I, I'm not, like I said, not going to say Ole Miss is going to win straight up. In fact, I think Alabama does win this one, but not by six and a half. We'll give them a field goal, 24-21 Alabama over Ole Miss, uh, but the Rebels cover. That's going to be a, a fascinating game, I think. And this is an Alabama team that just hasn't really looked like Alabama. Um, so I, it, that's... That's that's also at two thirty, so that's kind of you know disappointing that, right. that we can't really really dig in and watch that. Another game that's at two thirty, Oregon and Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised none of us picked that actually. No, I just I want to stay away from Oregon. The over under in that game is seventy. Yeah, seventy. Oregon's a twenty one point favorite too. That is a a, a fan a, a just a, a I don't know what I want to say here. It's a fascinating game yes, for sure. Thank you. I mean, because you just again, I just I I wonder. See, and the reason I stayed away from that game is Oregon really for me has trouble at least with the spread in these sorts of situations pulling through. I think back to I think at least UCLA or Washington a year ago. They're at home. I just I get it. Like a lot of people want to jump off the Colorado train after that Colorado State performance last week. I don't think Corkin's actually going to beat him by 21. Even as much as I think looking at the personnel, they should. It's a lot. It's of just points. not something that Oregon has done. Yeah, I mean that that is a lot of points, and, and you got to be totally wrong. But you got to give Colorado credit where credits due. I mean they've played well. They probably should have ended up losing last week, but they didn't. Right. So, uh, but now they got to go on the road in in UG, and that's going to be a really really tough <sighs> test. So. Nebraska, Louisiana Tech. Huskers, a 21 point favorite at home. Over unders 47, 2 30 p.m. kickoff on the Big Ten Network. And well, I was proven wrong last week. This defense is so good that I'll take Nebraska to win by 24. Yeah. I'll take the cover. I'll take Nebraska. Oh, I'm not going to put a score on it, but. I'll go Nebraska wins by 24 and ends up covering. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. Um, I think last week we talked a lot about the offense, and that was a large factor in my decision in thinking that I don't think they're going to cover. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, shoot, man, this defense is good enough that especially if Louisiana Tech doesn't have Hank Bachmeyer at quarterback, it's going to be difficult for the Bulldogs to just score, period. And who knows what the weather conditions are going to be. But to me, like that is the overarching theme in this pick is I think Nebraska's offense is able to score 21 to 24 points. And I don't think the defense is going to allow much. This is very reminiscent of Buffalo a year ago, reminiscent of what we saw last week. So I think Nebraska wins it 27 to 6. We'll go 27 to 6. Uh, as the final score was it was it was it 21 and a half right now or is it 21 it's 21 on the dot 21 yeah. okay 28 to 6 let me just make sure it's that a we're... sickos game right there it very much is <laughs> 28 to 6 nebraska ends up covering against lot tech well there you have it nebraska hopefully gets to two and two against the bulldogs who come into town tomorrow at 2 30 a great slate of college football this week Sit down on a couch all day. Enjoy it. It's going to be a phenomenal Saturday of football. And uh, hopefully, maybe a couple upsets. Hopefully, we're right on our picks. And hopefully, we actually gave yeah. you good advice this week, unlike last week where we both went one and two. Before we get out of well, here. Well, yeah, by the way, we have never been more certain. Like, I would have made every bet 
that you made this week in this in that segment. Yep. And I'm guessing I don't know. Do you 100% agree with mine? I mean, I I think so. So this is I would say the most certain we have been in a week yet. And so and, far, and it could just our judgment has been completely terrible. So you might want to just take everything we said and go and do the opposite. I mean, I looking back on it, because I got the log in front of me, I think week two was probably my most confident week, even though I picked Nebraska to beat Colorado. That was kind of an aggressive pick. But I had Kansas beating Illinois and Ole Miss covering against Tulane. I feel like that. I, I don't, This week, on paper, it looks good. Yeah. Right now. It feels great. I feel great. I would have made the Pullman bet, too. I, I think Washington State is severely doubted. I agree. I, I'm a big Wazoo fan this year. They've been very, very fun to watch. But before we get out of here, any, anything else? Anything else? A couple of schedule releases this week, too. Basketball and baseball yes. both came out this week. Yes. Um, I'll take baseball here, and then you can do basketball. But, but for the baseball side of things, definitely a good bump in the midweek RPI. Um, only one game with UNO this year, um, which is good for two things. One, uh, if you lose to them, that's obviously really bad for RPI generally. And if you beat them, it also isn't good for your RPI. So you keep that game in there just for the sake of having it there. Um, but replacing UNO with two games against Kansas, one in Lawrence and one here at Haymarket Park, that's smart. You have two games against Kansas State. It's going to be more challenging uh, for sure. But it's exactly what Nebraska needs if they want to make any sort of serious push down the stretch. And then on top of that, basically all of the big conference series are at home. Nebraska gets Indiana at home. Nebraska gets Iowa at home for a weekend. Uh, Nebraska gets Maryland at home for a weekend. Those are the Big Ten's tourney qualifiers from a year ago. So it's more challenging, but Nebraska has a really, really big opportunity if they're able to you know, fare at least well, you know, win two out of three in those series, um, that – they'll be in a good spot from an RPI perspective. The problem is you just got to take care of those midweek games. Um, and if Nebraska can do that, considering the bump in the schedule and the bump in the difficulty, they should be in a good spot. Well, good news for Nebraska basketball, and maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself, but you open up Big Ten play on December 6th at Minnesota, winnable game. I think you can go into your home opener for the Big Ten at 8-1. and one legitimately right and we can get into more of that as we get closer we're 45 days away from college basketball as of today um big news too you save two massive road trips you don't go to michigan state you don't go to purdue right those are both massive that you get to avoid both of those now obviously it's kind of weird that you don't have a home and home with iowa this year you have a home and home with michigan you have a home and home with northwestern um, so that'll be a little bit interesting. You have a home and home with Rutgers. Um, so a couple of kind of odd out of the ordinary home and homes. But again, you avoid Michigan State and Purdue on the road. This is a team that could very well have big aspirations this year. And again, we can get into the nitty gritty of that stuff probably sometime in later October. The season starts on November 6th uh, when Nebraska, they host uh, Lindenwood at home. Ooh at PBA time is TBA. Um, and then a couple of other notable non-conference games that we've already gone over, um, neutral site against Oregon state at the Sanford Pentagon, you host Creighton. Um, and then you were at Kansas state on December 17th. So conference schedules out for that, uh, big season upcoming for Nebraska basketball, hopefully a very successful season on paper. It should be the most successful season 
in the Fred Hoiberg era. Yeah, I think we both agree the burden of the proof, burden of proof here is postseason. Yep. yep. If it, I mean, if this team does not reach the NIT at a bare minimum or an NCAA tournament appearance, um, then I think it's not going to happen. You probably got to move on from, from Fred Hoiberg. Uh, the I was talking with Robin Washett the other day, and he's like, "Man, like it's kind of sick that the um, that the standard of the standard is just making the tournament. There's 68 teams that make the tournament, so um, Nebraska really, truly um, needs to make that tournament this year because if if they do not, I, I just I don't see a way forward with Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, I think NIT at the bare minimum. I don't know if if and we had this discussion. I don't know if you missed the tournament per se, that it's over. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to go there, but uh, for a program that has been historically bad, I think uh, the NIT is definitely at least the bare minimum expectation for Fred Hoiberg and this crew this year. So exciting, hopefully an exciting winter coming up at, at PBA this 2023-24 basketball season. So that'll do it for us on episode number 121 of Husker Sports Weekly. We gave our reaction to NIU, Nebraska. We previewed La Tech and Nebraska, gave our picks for this week, and went over a couple of new schedules for Nebraska sports, specifically baseball and men's basketball. So enjoy the weekend of college football. It's going to be a great one. Once again, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and at Hanson, not Hanson. You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly or search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast networks to find our show. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Hopefully it's a Husker win to get to 2-2. Two and two. We'll talk to you next week. But until then, go Big Red.